was a kid, I used to, like, if I would be at, like, it was called Little Peach. They're all, like, 7-Elevens now. That's so cute. But I'd be at the Little Peach, and I'd, like, pick out a drink, and then if I went and saw something, I was like, oh, maybe I want, like, a Cherry Coke instead of this Pepsi Blue. I'd be like, well, no, I have to drink the Pepsi Blue because I don't want to hurt its feelings by putting it back on. No, but same thing. I had like this gang of stuffed animals. That's what we call them, like my little gang. And I, you know, I can't bring like 10 stuffed animals to the grocery store with me. I was allowed one, mm-hmm. maybe two if I like snuck a little one in. <laughs> and I totally had a favorite, but I didn't want them to know I know had a about favorite. it. Yeah. So I would eeny, meeny, miny, mo and cheat so I could pick like. So my cabbage patch could go. So you eeny, meeny, miny, mode and then ended up with the same stuffed animal every time. Oh, yeah. She just had really good luck. Right. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Jen. Welcome to your, like, really pretty where we are as important as our time. Yes. Thank you, everyone who listens to our Dolly episode and the very positive feedback. Dolly's quote about not being afraid of failing because what's the point in being afraid of failing if no one's going to cook and eat you has been my guiding star this week. I have to say, I have probably used that as a motivational quote to myself and others at least five times this week. So thank you, Dolly, for so many things, but that included. Well, Dolly has seemingly been blessed to always know who she wanted to be and what she wanted to do. Well, not everyone has been blessed with knowing their path early on, for sure. Lizzie, when you were little, what did you want to be or do? So I actually wanted to be a hairdresser. (laughs) You're Dolly. That's awesome. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. (laughs) Okay. Because... uh, there used to be this commercial for Blaine Beauty Schools. And in that commercial, it said, as a hairdresser, you could make up to $55,000 a year. And as an eight-year-old, that was the most amount of money I had ever heard about. <laughs> so I was like, sign me up. Um, so then, yeah, I started like cutting my Barbie's hair and it was pretty terrible. <laughs> um, I mean, a part of me wanted to do that. And I think a part of me probably still always want to be a writer. Um, I love writing short stories. It's always been like a little side project of mine. I'm always like thinking and scribbling stuff down. Um, the actuality of that ever happening is slim to none. Um, so I feel good that I fell on my, uh, my backup plan. So little Lizzie would approve of where you are now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that she would be uh, maybe a little like, you should maybe put your stuff out there more, but with like my short stories. But I think she'd she'd be okay. She'd be a little like, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, and I think it's never too late. And you're putting yourself out here with the podcast. Which is True, really yeah, cool. yeah. So I also wanted to be a writer when I was little. I wrote uh, little mystery stories. Oh my Uh, God, so did I. Yeah, they're basically like a Nancy Drew ripoff. But I got them somehow in third grade. I got caught by my art teacher writing them. And she actually loved them and published them in the eighth grade newspaper. Oh my God. We had that too. We had like a monthly like newsletter that went around in like all of the grades, like first, second, third. And we'd have everyone could write a story and enter it. And 
I very vividly remember one about like a raccoon and a wolf that were best friends and like traveled and had adventures together. It was Rocco, Rocky and someone else. But yeah, that was super cute. Super cute. Yeah, I was awesome. Like, I guess I peaked early because all the eighth graders were coming to ask me like what was going to happen in my story. And but you know, I wanted to be a writer or a detective. And I think that being a therapist is a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, so fingers crossed that little Jen would also be happy about where <laughs> I am now. Uh, but as you see, you know, life changes and plans change over time. And for some of us, we figure out these next steps fairly easily. For others, it takes a lot more time. I was reading this article about how many of the industries are struggling to bounce back in terms of staffing post-COVID. Mm-hmm. Some of the people interviewed discussed taking time to go back to school or finding more creative gigs. Uh, more substantial employment. Some people started whole new careers altogether. COVID and quarantine kind of forced us to sit back and chill for a moment. And for a lot of people, it gave them a chance, or in some cases, just to keep it real, forced them Mm. to reflect on what they were doing if they wanted to do it anymore. Yeah, I think that's been the one main silver lining in this post-COVID world and society is that I think a lot of us reflected on, yeah, we had a time to actually step back from our employment and like look at it because we literally like a lot of us, we just weren't going to work or we were working remotely. And kind of like, is this actually what I want to be doing? Like, I feel like What I kind of keep coming back to is I feel like we felt like we had so much taken away from us this past year that we kind of, a lot of people said like, well, what do I want to give myself in return? Like, I'm tired of losing all the things. I'm tired of missing time with my family and my friends. I'm tired of, you know, being micromanaged. I'm tired of having a boss that doesn't treat me well. All of these things, like they, like I said, like you felt like they were all being taken away from you, your time, your enjoyment, your happiness. So I think that has been the silver lining because I did it. I mean, I changed, you know, I moved over to booth renting as opposed to working for someone, which was really scary, but the best decision I think I've ever made in my career. And it really was just because I was like, and also when I went back to work, I felt like I was risking my health to be there because it was still really scary. And we didn't know a whole lot about like if masks even worked at that time because it was still so new. I mean, I'm, I know masks work now. I'm not like one of those people, Um, but, and I was like, listen, if I'm going to be coming to work and feel like I'm risking, you know, maybe catching COVID, like I'm going to make it what I want it to be. I'm going to make sure that I am enjoying the hell out of being here. So um, yeah, so I'm with you, I think. I mean, obviously, some people unfortunately were forced to kind of make these decisions. But I do think there was a lot of people too that kind of reflected and said like, what? Yeah, like I said, what do I want to give myself in return? Yeah, because some of the things we lost were things that maybe we needed to lose. Like right. I had super gotten numb to the long commute to work every day. I really genuinely had lost track of time, money, and the work it took to work and the money it took to earn money. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like trying to glamorize COVID or brush over the extreme loss that people experience yes. it, but I do want to, like, to always try to take lessons from everything that we can. Yeah. And I had to really re-examine, reprioritize how I want to spend my time and energy. I really loved my job. Like I seriously loved it. But at the end of the day, I didn't miss spending that extra hour commuting. I ended up having a little bit more money. Um, and I just realized how much I enjoyed spending time with my husband. 
Mm-hmm. And then my son, when he came along and like, I kind of want to, you know, we, I, we've teased about Pinterest, but I like having time to make that meal that I've been on Pinterest. Yes. And time, right? Like the right. appreciation of time, time that we didn't, that we didn't realize was being like taken away from us and that we were expected to just be okay with. Like it's okay that you're in the car for two, uh, two to three hours a day instead of with your family. It's okay that you're up earlier than you probably should be. It's okay that you're tired all the time because you need that time to get ready for work. Right. Yeah. All those. And so you're missing out on all these things. And can we kind of looked and said like, Oh, time is nice. Time is nice. I like time. Time is great. And like my time is hella valuable. Hella valuable. And I realized like I do have the privilege and the fact that I can navigate having a few more choices and I'm blessed to be able to have more decisions. And so ultimately I did change jobs. Last night, I literally made a meal off of Pinterest. It was a crustless quiche. It's amazing. Do it. Super go for it. Um, But yeah, like I think a lot of people came to new conclusions about their work. Mm -hmm. Our next guest came to realizations around her career just before COVID and made some very, I think, brave choices. I invited her on to discuss her journey, how people supported or detracted along the way, and to hear about her newest endeavor. I am so pleased to introduce, address, introduce, hail, (laughs) bow down. Bow down, appreciate. Yes, to the great Haley Neville. Yay! Hi. Also, you guys cannot see, but she has the cutest hair bow in. I I love it. Cute. Such a cute little hair bow. Yes. Yes. My cute but capable hair bow because I was doing work today. So yes, it's very Rosie the River. Thank you. Oh yeah. It's the radio. Yes. Yes. So you can see. But yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Haley, so nice to meet you. This is my first time meeting you. Thank you for joining us on our little podcast. Um, So the name of the podcast is You're Like Really Pretty. So every guest that we have on is asked this uh, question at the start of their interview and feel free to be as open or not as open as you'd like. Um, We are here to, you know, have you be comfortable. Um, But everyone has asked if there was ever a time in your life, it could be past, it could be even something recent. I know I do it all the time still. Um, Was there ever a time when you really prettied someone? Did you automatically make an assumption about them based on their appearance, the style, the way they presented themselves, how they interacted with you? Is there something you would have liked to have told yourself then that you know now? Uh, I generally don't, and I don't think I have throughout my life judged based off of appearances. Um, have I made bitchy comments, um, with a smile on my face? I spent a long time in the service industry. So like, yes. Um, but that's like professional, uh, (laughs) uh, but in general, I feel like I'm pretty, open I've always been like sort of weird <laughs> but sort of fine cool. line it's a very fine line uh it's a really fine line and it veers into weird a lot uh so in terms of people's appearance I don't tend to judge people off the bat other than like dang I like that yeah. style like do you see what she's wearing and that's sort of more of my like back talk uh like behind the back uh 
And then I think as I've gotten older, I'm like, wow, people appreciate genuine compliments. Like say that out loud to people. Um, yeah. And otherwise I feel like I'm a pretty like straight shooter. Like <laughs> I don't like you. You definitely Perfect. know. It's true. It's true. You have a really good, like, <laughs> I'm allowing you to speak face. <laughs> it's, very, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very classic. Um, okay. So we're having you here. There are so many things that we can talk about, but I wanted to talk to you about this career change. So tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you made this change. Uh, prior to... March of 2020, I had been in a public education system for 11 years and in education in some capacity for 13 years. Uh, and I was presented with an opportunity to be able to leave in the middle of the year, which is really kind of uncommon. Uh, I had been torn between two things. I was an event coordinator for a gallery and that was sort of my passion project. Uh, I'm not in the socioeconomic status to necessarily have passion projects, but I do and I love it. And I was, uh, I wanted to do events full time. So March of 2020, I left my job to start events full time. Um, this other thing <laughs> that happened in March of 2020 uh, was oh events gosh. were not a thing and everyone had to shut themselves in their house. So... Um, long story short, I used to be in education. Yes. Long story short, just a little, a little thing happened at the same time. And stars collide, right? It was weird. So teeny tiny pandemic. Just, just a, just a teeny, teeny tiny. A little. So it sounds, you know, you were kind of getting interested in making a shift. It sounds like before you made this opportunity came up. Yes. Yes. So I, it was something I'd thought about for a long time and it just, uh, no one really talks about like the emotional mm. toll of working in education. And even though I absolutely loved it and I was really passionate about what I did, I lost my mm. ability to communicate effectively in like a neutral factual way because I cared too much and it started leaking into every like portion of my life. It wasn't just work. I felt like emotionally yeah. drained, done. And then like physically like headaches every day, nauseous all the time. Like I took pregnancy tests, like it wasn't even an option, but I was like, maybe. Um, and then, you know, it got to the point where I was like, oh, this is how you mm -hmm. feel as an adult, sick to your stomach and your head hurts. Right. It's called living life as an adult. And I didn't realize until after leaving, um, I was like, oh my God, like, I don't feel sick to my stomach and I don't wow. have a headache. I was like, everyone's been walking around feeling this way this whole time. I didn't even know that was an option. So uh, making, you know, a move, it was so scary. And I definitely had like a lot of stress in March and April, just like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I can't leave the house. I can't do anything. Um, and so I really had to spend some time being like, events aren't available right now. That is not an option. And what are you going to do with your life? So if, yeah, I, I had to figure it out. Had to. Was there a mo do you feel like there was like kind of a, like a defining moment where you said to yourself, I like, 
I'm going to make this change. I'm going to stop working in education and make the switch to events. Like, did it feel like there was like a day or a moment that you just said, you know what, this is it. Yeah. I had uh, taken a little bit of time off to sort of, before I had given my notice, I had uh, taken like a leave for two weeks because Mm -hmm. I was in the space. Like I could not think or make that choice while I was actively working And after having been home for three days and I no longer was having these like physical feelings of stress, I was like, wow, this is like, even though I am passionate about what I do, even though I love it, it's, I can't serve my students appropriately if I don't have like energy and like will and drive. And so I'm like, I'm not helping other people. I'm not helping myself. And it's like, Anytime I would leave school at the end of the day, even though it was 2.30 mm-hmm. in the afternoon, I was like, I have to lie down. I, I can't focus. I can't think. I am exhausted. And then I would leave an event. And even if I had worked all day at school and didn't leave an event until midnight, I was mm-hmm. like amped. I was jazzed. I was excited. And I was like, just move more towards things that make you feel better. And it felt like a really big realization. And I was like it sounds like something that should have been common sense. Um, But it it isn't always. (laughs) Well, but I think, yeah, but I think that what you're talking about, like kind of feeling these feelings of anxiety and how they start impacting your physical health. I don't think that's that uncommon. I think a lot of people end up having these stress headaches, these body aches that they can't quite explain. And they just carry it. it just becomes normal, right? Oh, I just get headaches all the time. I just have these migraines. I just have body aches. I just get sick to my stomach easily, or I have these um, difficulties with sleeping, insomnia, or I wake up all the time overly thinking about stuff. And so you just get used to it, right? So I think that's not that uncommon. Yeah. And what I think is more uncommon or is starting to be less uncommon now because I think people had to take these breaks from things is deciding to opt out of that and say, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to feel like this. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of the time it's very admirable. And I do think it, yeah, it is very brave that you kind of took the step and said like, I am not serving the people that you're working with, like the kids you're working with. You're like, I'm not giving them my best self anymore. And I feel like that takes a lot of self-awareness to say that, right? Because a lot of times I think people will stick something out or do it because they feel like they owe it to the people that they're working with or working for. And instead of saying, yeah, I know that this isn't my best self. And so I need to step away from it. Like I've, I, I think a lot of people really struggle with that. I think especially in human services, it's other people's perceptions. Um, like the comments you get, like, you don't really want to leave. Like the kids need you. And I'm like, um, okay. Yeah. But maybe they need someone who's like really excited for this job and like shows up 110% every day. And that's totally who they need. But like, I'm going to go lock myself in the bathroom and have a panic attack and cry and try and condense it to two minutes so I can make my next session. Um, right. I don't know. At that point, you're just right like now. a body. And, yeah. And like kids deserve more than that. And like I, as a person, like if you feel that way at your job, like you deserve more than that. And like no one is benefiting from that, that situation. You deserve better than that. It's not just the kids. It's like <laughs> you deserve to have a better situation than that. But I think like our jobs also start defining who we are and especially like in human services or like, you know, any kind of service industry where you like feel like you're taking care of people. 
it just becomes such a huge part of your identity and mm-hmm. how people see you. So then it also is like, well, who am I outside of this work? Yeah, big time. Yeah. So how was that transition? How did you start shifting how you perceived yourself? Uh, well, it's taken, honestly, about a year and a half until probably this month um, that I've gotten comfortable. Well, okay, sorry. To back up, I've had to decide I'm back into events now that everything's open, but over the course of time with everything being shut down, I had to really be like, how do I manage myself? I'm used to being busy all of the time. And now I have to sit with my thoughts, um, which sometimes great, sometimes not great. Uh, but I lifelong have been into art and I just acted like I was a teenager. I sat on my bed because I was like losing my mind and I put on music and I would like take out my sketchbook and draw. And it's how I just like processed the whole like year kind of leading up to leaving my job and then being stuck in my house. Um, And it's also been difficult as we've like moved on and now I'm back in the public and back being able to work and do things and things have opened up. Um, so within the last month, I've really tried to focus on when people are like, what do you do instead of starting that conversation mm-hmm. with, well, a year and a half ago I used to, but then I left, but then I, and now I, and I'm getting more comfortable being like, this is what I do now. And like, Oh, I do events for an art gallery and I run my own company. And, um, you know, I'm someone who's doing like a ton of things. So I'm still trying to boil it down into, um, there is no one word that can be like, I I do events and I do this and I do art and I do. And so still working on the elevator pitch, but at least trying to start with like, this is what Mm -hmm. I do instead of I used to do, but now I do. And it's like, not everyone has to know, but, um, yeah, I'm trying to just start fresh and do it. No, you did. No, you did. And that's great because, and I feel like that's such like, and I, it's, it really, a lot of times it's like how women, like we feel like we have to apologize for everything, right? Like the whole, like, what, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I feel like we always give ourselves those buffers when it comes to like conversations about work, right? Like you can instead of just feeling that confidence of like, yeah, I'm a badass who like survived, like starting a new career the the same time a pandemic started. It's like, oh, well, I actually was in this and then this and then the pandemic happened and da da da. Like we do it all the time because we're trying to like amp ourselves up, justify our existence. Right. So this other person, whoever we're talking to will like reciprocate and like understand everything we went through. <laughs> Instead of just being like, and I, and I definitely feel like I've, I, you know, been in that same situation where I'm like, oh, well, yeah, like, oh, I do hair, but it actually like can be really like lucrative and fun. And it's not just hair anymore. It's all this other stuff. And because you just, yeah, you feel like you have to like, it's like, um, I don't know, like puffing out, it's like the puffer fish, right? Like blowing yourself up to make those around you like think that you're bigger than you like perceive yourself to be. Yeah. Well, I just think it's interesting too, because when you do meet people, like it's boiled down to what do you do? Right. Right. It's all about your work and what your job is. No one's like, hi, I'm Jen. And I like to listen to true crime podcasts or (laughs) I'm Lizzie and I like to write little short stories or I'm Haley and I, is so like the most bomb ass skirts ever. Like, you know, that's just not how we, how we do it. Or like, 
I don't like bananas. I actually love bananas. Yeah. Like you, you just like not funny bananas. I know, <laughs> right? That the whole like boiling us down to who, who, whatever our job is. That's not what defines us as a person at all. But for some reason, it has become a very like focal point of conversations. Yeah, absolutely. It's. I think it'd be more interesting if we introduced ourselves like in a totally like different. Yeah, when way. you're in like a group of people at a party, and when someone says like, "What do you do?" Be like, "Well, I like to do yoga, and I like to go for walks, and my husband and I just started playing basketball, and we're really terrible at it, but we're trying to learn." I just told Cordero we needed to get a basketball hoop. <laughs> I thought it'd be fun. It's, it's a blast. It's a really good exercise. Yes. Like super good exercise. Um, Haley, when we make these changes, I know that people tend to have opinions. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that was something that impacted you on your journey? Uh, yes and no. Uh, I feel like because it, in my 20s and early 30s, I was just pretty like miserable, uh, just figuring stuff out my 20s were like a really awkward age and I feel like I wasn't that fun to be around like binge drinking and extreme emotions isn't fun um I feel like I was so miserable in my job for so long and it just as I said permeated like every aspect of my life that my like lifelong really good friends are just like oh my god whatever you're doing like you're so happy just do it do it great great that's what you do Cool. Like, we'll visit your website. We'll like commission art from you. We'll like give people your business cards. They're like, you're just like happy. I've not seen that since you were in like kindergarten or something. Like, that's pretty extreme. But um, so I've had like a lot of great support from lifelong friends. Um, My parents are like supportive in that they love me and like love what I do but I think they have very genuine concerns for and like it it obviously comes from a place of love because they're like oh my god you're gonna live on the streets and I was like no I would pack my hatchback (laughs) and like live in your basement it's a very generational thing too Um, the lack of security they're like no what (laughs) how right you need up a job with like state benefits and you had health insurance. Right. I was like, mom and dad, we don't worry, I still have health insurance. Like, yeah. Right. And, and I'm blessed to have the health insurance, but I think that from my parents, it comes from like a place of worry, but they're also like, that's not like a real job though. So <laughs> you, you just have parties with your friends. Like, like people, no one does that. People don't pay for that. And I'm like, um, they, they do. They, they do, though. And it, it's like, actually, a lot of people do it. They're like, <laughs> but that's, that's kind nice. of like the, your like really pretty moment, too. Right. <laughs> because we don't always value all of the industries that actually really keep us going and make life really fun mm-hmm. and and work. Right. <laughs> make oh my God. Really good. Yeah. 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 So and then I think it's weird. Like my mom never wanted me to be an artist. It was like that was the worst thing in the world she could think of because again, like starvation and like <laughs> destitution, I think. Cause those only. are the only two options, um, right? You either so have my, like the same. That's it. That's it. Like, right. Starving artist or <laughs> super famous. And I was like, well, <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> so I think people are like, and I'm not a professional and I don't have a uh, master's in fine arts, but it's something I love and I'm doing. And 
um, have been having a lot of fun with. And so that is more like for me. And I guess I'm always surprised when people like it, um, which I guess my biggest, like the person who has the worst comments to say, or like the most doubts is my own inner critic. I'm like, you don't know how to do anything. What do you mean you're starting a business? And I was like, and, but it's like minute to minute. And then I'm like, I can do so many things. Yes. Everything's under control. I've got it. I can yeah. add another project right now if I needed to. Um, but yeah, so it's just, I feel like in general, people have been supportive because I am like a much happier person as like, in terms of the public, I don't really like, I, I don't know. I, I guess I care about my family yeah. and like my friend's opinion and beyond that it's um yeah, yeah that takes learning. like some skills too to get to that place where it's like i'm not hearing any of that yeah, noise right I'm not hearing and it. even like your own like inner critic you're telling your inner critic like listen chill out we got this there are other things that you can worry about but not me. Right. i'm like you can have like 15 minutes a day but it's not how we're starting our morning no no coffee coffee's how we're starting <laughs> right 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 that's awesome I feel like that takes a lot of time and growth to get to that place. Or I mean, you know, let's talk about like some people are so blessed to be like self-actualized, like from birth, I guess, and to know what they want to do and feel good and who they are. And I think for a lot of us, that takes some like time and learning how to like talk to that inner critic and tell it like we're taking a beat. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's like a skill. And I feel like you know, I've known you for a while, Haley. I feel like that's something you've really worked on. Well, 20 years of therapy finally kicked in. It all <laughs> able to utilize the skills in, the, in a vacuum, just uh, locked in my house with my own thoughts. And I was like, wait a minute. Someone taught me a, to- a coping skill. <laughs> Tried. I was like, I should use that. So yeah, no, it's, um, uh, I, I don't think, I think self-awareness at times has definitely helped mm-hmm. me back. Be, being like, well, people react to me this way and you should do this. And like the constant overanalyzation, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, using it for good rather than self torture is the key. And I think like catching that thought in the beginning, being like, wait a minute, like, no, you don't have to spend all day feeling bad. Like give it 15 minutes, set a timer and then be <laughs> like, well, stop. And just like, get moving on something or not. Um, or just like take a break, which is also just kind of take rad- a break. <laughs> like it's so it's, and it's so simple, right? Like, and, but I've been trying to do it at work. Like instead of like sitting in the back room, well, I mean, the weather's been shitty, but when it's nice out, I like go outside and I'll sit outside just in like the sun. I don't sit on my phone. I just sit there. Like I'll close my eyes and just listen to like the traffic going by and the birds and the sun. And it's just like, it's such a good reset button. I'm like, why have I not been doing this for my entire life? Like, why did I just start doing this like six months ago? Right. Like taking space. Taking it's it's space. odd how like moving space can cut. Cause you know, if you're like annoyed with your, uh, your partner, you can go in different rooms or your, your roommate or whatever. You just take some space, but like, how do you take space from yourself? Right. But there is something about like physically changing your space and going somewhere and, and reflecting or setting a timeline and and boundary on your, your emotional space and kind of moving from it is important. (laughs) It's a a skill. It is a skill for sure. So tell us about your art. 
Yeah. So I started doing huge figures. I'm on a board of directors for an art gallery, um, piano craft gallery. If anyone's interested, it's actually a really cool, awesome space. Um, and we, obviously we were closed for a large portion of the pandemic. Um, we were not an essential service. So our schedule was weird because we didn't know like month to month with regulations changing, like what shows are we having? What are we doing? And uh, Halloween is one of my favorite holidays and any occasion to dress. I love. Uh, so we had a pop-up show for Halloween weekend. My friend, Eric, who is also the president of our gallery and one of our other directors, Rian. And I, from August to October, just made these huge fiery figures Uh I am obsessed with the figure and after having like thought about it and it's because that's why process people is through body language and movement and facial expression. So a year and a half virtual communication has gotten like, was a lot for me. Um, it was pretty draining because I really rely on people's like face and body. And so while I was kind of trapped in my house, uh, I, started making these huge figures uh, in like fire colors. Everything was like black backgrounds and red, orange, and yellow. And uh, I typically do female figures. I try and do like really powerful poses. And I think I was just kind of trying to work through everything. I felt like my, I was burning my life to the ground and trying to start over. And, uh, and so I, that's how I processed it. I just made all these figures and, Uh, I have a really difficult time like putting myself out there, meeting people in person. And again, I think that has a lot to do with reading facial expressions and body language. I feel a lot more confident, a lot more outgoing. And social media has always been tough for me and any sort of online communication because I can't read how people are going to react to that. So I... And I grew up painfully shy. People don't believe it now. I'm a chatter, but it's true. (laughs) Uh, And so like putting my artwork in a gallery was like a big thing. And this whole year has been like, oh my God, what can I do? What am I like pushing myself to do? And putting myself out there was huge. And so my art has helped me process my emotions about all the things that are going on. But also I forced myself to post it online and, um, It's great when it gets a positive reaction. And luckily I'm like, not very, I don't have a big social media presence. So there's not like a lot of negative feedback, if any. And so, but it's sort of like, I don't know, like exposure therapy. Like I put my art out there and like, eventually I have to like promote my business and advertise and I'm better right. again with that in person, but there's only so many people that I run into and can chat at a day. Yeah. So my art has helped me like, I don't know, just put myself out there and be more comfortable. And it's just how I process my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I love it, right? Because I feel like, I mean, art is an expression of that, right? Like it's an expression of yourself. It's a part of yourself. So it is, it, it has to be like, make you feel very vulnerable to then like it introduce it to the masses. Like I, I can imagine that being very difficult at times, but it's fun and I love it. And it's like, it has helped break me out of my shell, which seems weird. Cause if you've ever met me in person, you're like, go back in. Like there's two. <laughs> 
No, we want you out of your shell. We want this this hermit to be <laughs> out of its shell. Yeah. I love your art. It is so powerful. It's so dynamic. It's so unique. Thank you. Uh, I think it's really, really exciting. I, I saw you start posting it and I was like, wait, is that Haley? Like, <laughs> is that what she's doing right now? And it was so it was so awesome. Like it's, it's brave. It is brave when you expose yourself like that. And like you're saying, this is how you're processing mm-hmm. all of these things, these tumultuous things that have happened over the last year. So it's not just your art, it's your feelings out there. Yeah. And it's open for interpretation by anyone. And you know, people don't always interpret your art how you want them to, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I get a lot of, because it's figurative, people are like, Rrr. and I'm like, okay, it's not about that. Sit down. And they're like, it's and I'm like, okay, stop sexualizing breasts. First of all. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. That's right. Put them in the place. <laughs> Put them in the place. Yes, so You've been like out there with your art, you're experiencing like this change and like letting yourself expose yourself a little bit more. And now you're also having the doors open back up to events. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's been really fun. Um, getting events back at the gallery. It's absolutely my favorite space. I think that having been associated with the gallery for the past few years, you know, before I left my job, it really gave me the confidence to leave my job and see that like, okay, there are really other industries out there. And um, it's, uh, I've been exposed to a lot more people, gotten to talk to so many more people and uh, events coming back was uh, tough because it was like, yeah, we're open, but you can't have food or drinks. And people are like, okay, we're going to like do a quick spin around the gallery, see the art, see you later. Um, So to everyone who was like, people come for the art, not the spread. I agree. They absolutely come for the art, not the spread, but like the spread helps. The spread helps. (laughs) Snacks are important and people don't understand. (laughs) Snacks kind of help you settle in a little bit, right? You're like, oh, I can spend some time here. Well, and it helps people move through the room. We have an L-shaped, a huge, huge space. If you're looking to rent it for events, I highly recommend it. Get in touch with me. Uh, But no, that is serious. But also like, no, it's serious. Um, But we have like an L-shaped room. And one of the, it looks like a tiny room that's set back. And it used to be like, artists used to complain, like, I can't believe you put my pieces back there and no one will see them and da, 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 da. So for one show that I got to do a reception for, I was like, well, I'm putting the bar back there. And, you know, cause it was, it was like a coup to get two tables. Like we have one table, you can't take the space up. And I was like, all right, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to get there early and sneak do it. And I did. <laughs> but, you know, splitting the food and drink up because people at any party, if you're having a party in your house, there right. are people they're standing around the kitchen you're like I cleaned yes. the whole house like what are you doing standing in my kitchen that I've been <laughs> prepping in that's the only messy place how are you gravitating right here because people gravitate towards food and drink and so having been in um education and I used to do trainings on like proactively setting up your classroom environment to facilitate certain like behaviors and I was like 
well, how can I apply that to events? And it's like, well, if you put the booze over there and the, you can't see me pointing, but if you put the booze at one end and the food at the other end, it just sort of guarantees that people are going to move through the space. Yeah. And yeah. So in my sort of like shutdown during the shutdown and re-examining, I was like, I love events. I love planning. And instead of burning everything down and starting over, it's mm. like growing from it's, it's just like throwing more logs on the fire instead of like yeah. starting over from scratch. And it's like, what knowledge do I have from everything I've ever done? And like, what am I learning now? And it's like, oh, this is cool. Where we put things like moves people through a space and how do people intuitively use spaces? And I'm just like, again, I'm interested in the figure. I'm interested in people. I like, I don't know, as an artist, I guess it's like, I don't want to be like, I like to watch, like, I like to watch. (laughs) I do watch how people move through a space. Like I I am attentive, like what's left on the plate at the end of the night. Like we're not putting that out again, unless it's fudgies. People freak out if they're not on the table, but no one wants to eat them. The fudgies? Be there. Yeah. People will nibble, people will graze. But if you put out a table and there are no- Oh, like items, veggie crudite? Yeah, people complain. Oh. But if they're, they're like, this is not a hot ticket item that everyone- Oh, veggies. For. I thought you said fudgies. I was like, what's oh a fudgie? No, uh, cut vegetables. Um, the crudite. Yeah. So is there something uh, like, is there any kind of wisdom or anything you would want to impart on someone that is maybe thinking about- like making, making the change from something that's a little more like, I don't want to say like corporate, but like, you know, kind of a little more stable, secure into something that's a little bit more of a creative or like a passion project that's really like pulling them. Like, is there kind of something you'd want to say to someone who's maybe going through a similar situation? Do it. 1000% do it. (laughs) And I understand that not everyone has the financial means to do so, but like, if you feel super pulled towards something, get involved in it, like Mm. do it in your spare time. This is how all of this stuff started for me was like, this was my spare time. And it's like, the more people you meet, everything's about, I mean, networking sounds gross, but it's like, it's not just about like, Oh, who, you know, just like, get me a job. I'm not Mm -hmm. qualified for, but it's more about be in the spaces that you feel joy in and the people you meet in those spaces are most of the time people like you or people that you want to be involved in and just spend time around those people. And if it turns into a job, great. If it just like enhances your life, also great. There's no downside to that. And right. Yeah. That's great. Talking to someone, it's like, I didn't even know that was a job like, Oh, cool. Yeah. How do I get into that? And I think that anything you're super interested in spend time with and learn about it. And speaking from experience, you do it for free for a long, long, long time, like a long time. And then one day you're like, okay, like I've built up all these favors, but all these favors are my experience. And now this is my resume. And now this is something that I'm confident in doing. And I know I do. And like, this is who I am and this is what I do. Awesome. That's huge. Yeah. I'm sure even just like, yeah, I feel like your nine to five is bogging you down. You don't love it, but you can't make the switch. I mean, sure, like, yeah, just spending time in that environment around people that have the same interests and as you, like, that's got to be very rewarding in itself, right? Just to kind of immersing yourself in something that's going to bring you some, like, happiness and joy in the, your day-to-day that you're, you know, in, in these spaces. 
Well, yeah, I also think like a lot of the young people I work with, they don't know how expansive the job field is. So it's like you could be a teacher, you could be a, you know, the, the standard careers that you see um, as a little kid. And there's like I was saying, there's all these other things that kind of make the world go around. And so you start getting limited and thinking there's not these other options for you. And then also sometimes we're just not around people that like the things that we like. And that feels really isolating. Mm. So like putting yourself in spaces with people that like the things you like, you're like, oh, not alone. I'm kind of cool. Yeah, this is right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that is awesome. We really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and advice and insight and, um, you know, little little pieces of wisdom and <laughs> yeah pitch us your business oh because so, i know it's not just the art you gotta pitch your business before uh gal friday consulting oh i love that and that's the website and that's my instagram page and it's just i'm someone who does a ton of stuff it's always been like my friend Haley could do that you know what i bet Haley could do that and i can <laughs> and i can so that's why i called it gal friday consulting uh primarily events and reorganizing of spaces as i was saying i love like how things like how where your things are kind of facilitates the flow and so i call it like personal curation um like rearranging your stuff rearranging your art and uh but basically it's like you need it done i do it if it's like events (laughs) are related like yeah. I have my limitations. Like I can't yeah. do a work. You don't want to put up like drywall or anything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> paint job. So, yeah. uh, and I can, can you come artistically <laughs> rearrange my cabinets because they're a hot mess. The country is. Call me. <laughs> I will. <laughs> that is amazing. I love that. I love like yeah. all the different people we've like been talking to on this podcast with different interests they have. And like, it's just so great to meet, to meet someone that has like all of these different skill sets. It's really, really cool. <laughs> oh, when Haley says you could call her for all sorts of things. Trust me, this is true. <laughs> I wanted, I needed a face painter for my son's birthday. Haley was like, I can paint faces. I wanted I wanted a um, Valentine's Day animal print skirt one year. <laughs> Haley made me two. Oh my god! <laughs> so I had multiple skirts for that year. Um, Haley's a clever girl, uh, or lady, woman, <laughs> goddess, <laughs> like all of the so, everything, <laughs> all of the above. And I, you mentioned that you love Halloween. I do. I do. Haley's costumes are very impressive. <laughs> you just have to be bold enough to like yeah. throw on a ton Go of stuff it. and be like, it's happening. Yep. It's, it's happening. happening. As like it's happening. I love any excuse to be like as extravagant as I want, which yes. at this point I feel like I will be 40 sooner, so much sooner rather than later. And I'm like, <laughs> No, this is it. This is happening. I'm going out with like a Technicolor <laughs> wing. And I like think this year out. too is going to be crazy because okay. last year no one could do anything. Like I think this Halloween is going to be like 
bumping. Like Jen, I was talking to Becky and she was like, I want to do like Marie Antoinette. Like I want the big, <laughs> like the wig that's like six feet tall and a dress that's eight feet wide. I'm like, yes. Like I want that this year. Oh, I'm so, I, I want that every day. I'm going to the right, every every day. store like Marie Antoinette. Like I'm oh. in the house in forever. Look at me, please. Yes. <laughs> So, you know what I kind of want to do? And it's so, so off brand for me, but you know, the Lion King, Beyonce came up with a curated album for that. Yes. And there's this song that Scar does. And for some reason, I don't know, it's like very dramatic and you kind of like moving your, like, I just like could see him kind of slinky. I know Scar got did wrong in that movie, uh, but I just see him as like this, like, fallen king who's misunderstood and i was like i kind of want to dress like a female star yes i love it very i know it's really off brand for me all but i don't know i've been i'm so here for it (laughs) i'm so here for it please please i have face paints if you want to borrow i i will All right, Haley, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We will tag your social media if you don't mind. I would love it. Thank you guys for having me. And thank you for reminding me to push my business. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, Yes. It's nice to get a push and it's nice to get supported. And uh, I really appreciate having the opportunity to talk with you guys. Us small business girls got to support each other. You know, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Yeah. Community (laughs) support. I'm so for it. Yeah, absolutely. So for it. And it's, it's just so great to see that we're still keeping the lessons that we learned over the last year. Cause I think it feels sometimes like everything's just gone back and that is some of the negative stuff too. So it's really great to talk to people that are like, no, I'm holding on to things and holding on to myself and my time yep. and valuing my energy because uh, our energy time is, is important. important. Our time is important. We're important. Yes. Yeah, we're important. Yeah. All right. So we also, let's plug our own social media, Lizzie. Um, yes. Follow us on Instagram. We're not on Twitter. We are on Facebook. <laughs> um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Famously not on Twitter. Rate us, review us like us comment on our stuff tell us if there's something you'd want to hear us talk about we'd love to talk about it and tag a small business that you would want to support like share it we'd love to we'd love to continue that trend as well yes absolutely absolutely all right well we will see you guys soon or hear you guys soon talk to you guys soon all right bye 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 love you guys bye